Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist trained in family therapy, and every week I answer one of your real life questions to offer you some psychological understandings, ideas, and suggestions to guide you. Before we begin, I always like to take a little moment to pause and reflect or think about doing something for you. Today, it's a little bit different because what I'm gonna ask you to do is to think about one kind thing you can do to another person, perhaps to appreciate how important they are in your life, or to let them know that those little things that they do every day or every week or every once in a while are really meaningful to you. Doesn't have to be a grand gesture, could just be a phone call or a small message to say that you're thinking of them. Take a moment and when you're ready, let's begin. Today's question is on helping our children build inclusive friendships. Let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Marta. My question is about how I can encourage inclusiveness whilst also respecting my child's wishes and feelings. My son, who is four, is saying who he likes and who he doesn't like at nursery and makes a point of saying he won't play with certain people at nursery. I'm worried he's leaving children out or hurting their feelings, but he doesn't seem to understand when I explain how that might feel to the child. I've tried explaining how it would feel to him if someone said they didn't want to play with him. Um, And I've tried suggesting different things he could say instead of, we don't want to play with you. But I'm wondering how I can model that in different ways, or if you can suggest any books that might encourage him to be kind and inclusive, because that's all I want my children to be. It's understanding of others feelings thank you i think this question says so much about the adult who asks it because it's very clear from the question itself that what this adult parent really wants is to support their child in being kind and inclusive towards others to show empathy and to think about how their behavior and their words impact on other children And what a beautiful kind of goal that is long term to want to develop these healthy, positive social skills in our children. So I think this is a wonderful question, but it is one that I'm going to have to break down a little bit because in this question, this child is four. So I'm going to begin there, although I might begin a little bit earlier because we know that children's social skills are part of development and how children form friendships is also a part of development, which basically means that children progress through this as they grow up, as their brain develops, as they experience more social contact, and they have more time to learn what 
positive, healthy and good social relationships look like? And of course, some of what we're talking about here, namely things like empathy, taking somebody else's perspective, those things are things that are developmental and align with brain development. So if a child is too little to be able to do these things, they're not going to be able to do them kind of immediately or naturally. That doesn't mean that we can't support them. That doesn't mean that we can't think of ways to guide them through these experiences with other children that help to kind of begin to teach them skills. And at first, when you witness your child trying to do something different, what you might see is that they're not doing something different because these skills are not things that children absorb just through talking or playing with you or even some of the things I suggest today here on this podcast. These skills are built over time as they grow, as they develop, as they spend more time with other children, as they experience things like being left out for real and how they then think about what that might feel like for somebody else. And so at first, what you're going to witness is kind of clunky and not very skilled at all. And yes, you're going to see your child do some of the things that you're kind of hoping they won't do in later years. So what I want to say first and foremost is a four-year-old, a two-year-old, a six-year-old, however old your child is, that is not the same as how your child will be when they're 13, 15, 18, 35. Okay, children develop, they evolve, they grow, they learn. And I know plenty, plenty of adults who as teenagers may not have been the kindest, most generous, most inclusive of teens towards others. But that doesn't mean that now as adults, they aren't generous or inclusive or, you know, incredibly socially skilled. It does not mean that. It just means that they were still building those skills at that age. They were still developing those kind of tricky areas of empathy and looking outside of yourself to think of somebody else's perspective. So I'm going to start there. I'm going to start with actual kind of development and I'll do it as quickly as I can because I know it's something that I talk about on other podcasts as well. And I'm just going to focus on the things that allow children to build these kind of kind and inclusive friendships. And then I'm going to talk about what you can do about it. But one of the things I want to flag here and now is that part of what you can do about it is accept that when children are little, they're not necessarily going to be inclusive. But that is not a sign that they're not going to be kind and generous and thoughtful and inclusive in the future. It's just a kind of demonstration of where they are at in their social development. And for most children, particularly four-year-olds, this is very normal. Okay, so let's do a really brief snapshot on child social development. So the first thing I'm going to say here is that children develop social skills at completely different rates. Some children do things that look natural to them much, much sooner than others. And it's to do with their temperament. It's to do with their personalities. So babies are born as unique individuals already. They already have who they are in them, okay? And as a parent, it's not about molding or shaping a child. It's about being a bit of a guide and supporting them to learn skills and strategies. So if what you notice 
particularly with the child who is four, is that they have other peers who appear to share and appear to be a lot more inclusive. That isn't necessarily like at all a failure on your part or a sign that your child is just not being very generous or is not very kind. It's just a sign that they're on a different developmental trajectory and there's nothing wrong with that. So I think for me here, before we go straight into development, do try and separate your feelings from that of your children's, okay? Do try and see that your child is a unique individual. They are not you. They don't have your age, your experience, your likes, your dislikes. And try and consider how you can then notice who your child is and the areas that you want to focus on to support them in developing skills, which is a great thing if that is something that you're already doing. So let's have a think about kind of social skill development. Children don't tend to play with others until around the age of three, but really it's more like three and a half. So that means that they might play side by side with others. And what they focus on when they're really little is the toys. They care about the toys. They don't really care about the other child in the room. And often with smaller children, so the ages of like one to like two, you know, low three aged kids, Sometimes it can be annoying for some little ones to have other children there because when other children cry or they shout or they take toys, all of those interactions actually make some children feel really distressed. So for some little ones, being in a social group with babies or little ones is not really kind of what they're looking for or what they want. And for others, they might just play side by side and be okay for a few minutes. But often children below the age of three get tired of other children very quickly. They're just bored of them. They have no interest whatsoever in playing with them. And this is normal. It's to do with their brain development. And in their brain, all their brain wants to do is learn skills for them. This is biologically very appropriate because what kids have to do when they're really little is learn a lot of skills very rapidly. I'm not gonna break down how many skills children learn in the first like three years of life, but it is absolutely ginormous. And when you actually sit down and you think about all the things your child is learning and how much newness they experience every single day, it's no wonder that the brain is just focused on developing their skills and kind of wiring neurons in their brain to do with what they're learning, not to do with what another child is doing. They're simply not interested. Around the age of three and a half, they begin to play together. And around the age of four to five is when children really begin to share. Now, for some people, this feels like, what? Because we often try and make children share much, much earlier. And we see that as a sign of generosity or a sign of kindness or a sign of, you know, like politeness and good manners. And I would say, if you're an adult, I agree with you. That is what it is. But when you're four, three, two, that's not what it is, okay? Sharing is not a sign of kindness or anything like that. It's a sign of somebody taking something that you want or that you need away from you. So it's painful. So I'm only not gonna go into sharing here because I do have another podcast on that, but it's something for you to kind of consider, okay? Around the age of four or five, children begin to share willingly. And what does that mean for their brain? So what it means is that the brain has started to develop this idea that there is another in interaction with them. 
This other is often another child. And what happens here is that when children begin to willingly share or include others in play or, you know, invite others to play with them, what it says is the brain has started to look outwards. Children have started to recognize that playing with another peer feels good. It's more fun if this child plays with me. It's more fun if I share what I have and we do something together than if I just keep it all to myself. And this is a really great big kind of step and milestone developmentally because it's the beginning of what we call kind of theory of mind, um, which I'm going to break down, but it's about perspective taking. It's about building empathy. And it's also about kind of being in another's shoes, kind of understanding how it feels if that child doesn't have any blocks so they can't build anything and understanding what it feels for them if that child agrees to play with them because it might be a positive, fun outcome. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And because of this development, it's also the age around 4 to 5 where groups of friends begin to emerge. So this is about kind of saying, these are my people, these are the people I want to play with, and these are people who are others. They're not people I want to interact with. They're not people who I have an interest in joining and play with. And it might feel like what your child is doing is leaving children out and that it's unfriendly, or even, I am gonna use this word because I know in some adults' brains, there is a thought of this, it's bullying. Now, I want you to understand that there's a big difference between bullying and developmentally children choosing friendships. Because to be kind and inclusive to everyone is not gonna come naturally to a four-year-old. And that's not because they're being mean or they're bullying a child. It's just simply not really part of their developmental stage. Not quite yet. That doesn't mean we can't do something about it, and I'm going to talk about that next. But I'm going to separate this idea of bullying with this idea of leaving children out because I don't really want to play with them. So first and foremostly, bullying is about deliberately and repeatedly with the intention to upset another, do things. So that can be teasing, so saying mean things, threatening somebody physically. It can be ignoring or excluding somebody out of a group. But that exclusion is intentional. 
to hurt another, okay? It comes with an intent. It's not just about leaving somebody out. It's about saying, I want this to hurt you. It might be about spreading rumors when they're a bit older, you know, playing nasty jokes, so kind of humiliating somebody, pushing, tripping, or hitting somebody. When it's a one-off, it can obviously is always a communication. That child is trying to say something. But if it's repeatedly and it's always to the same child, then we can call that bullying because there's obviously an intent to go for a particular kid in terms of hurting them physically in some way. So that's what I want you to remember. Those are just some very simple examples. Bullying is about the intention of upsetting somebody. When a child says, I don't want to play with this child, or I don't want to play with you, it's about a want. It's about a choice of who I'm playing with. And that doesn't mean that your child is being unkind. Yes, they might be leaving somebody out in that moment, but that's also to do with their level of social development and kind of social skill nuance, that they don't know how to do it kindly. They don't know how to express to another child, I want to be with this person today, or in this moment, I want to play with this, with this other person, not with you. And so how it lands with children and how it's expressed verbally by children is very concrete because they're very black and white, okay? You're either my friend today or you're not my friend. And that's the word that's different that I've just added in there. And I'm gonna talk about it a little bit more. Things like saying today or right now, because children are temporary. So they're very concrete, very literal. Not you today, I wanna play with this other kid. And it's totally temporary. Tomorrow they might wake up and choose the kid that they said, no, I don't wanna play with you. And they're their best friends today. And things like best friends, don't tend to really exist or stick at this age. They may have a preferred friendship, but what tends to happen is they kind of move around. They're a, more, a lot more flexible. They tend to like and dislike things day by day, depending on their mood, depending on the available toys, depending on the kids who are around. It's really kind of transient, and that's also helpful for us to remember as parents, that when children say, I don't wanna play with a certain kid, it may just pass in 24 hours. If it's something that sticks, that you always hear your child say, I don't like a particular child or I never wanna play with a particular child, then I would dive into your curiosity because what you wanna do in this moment is understand your child's preferences when it comes to building friendships. And even at these early ages, this is really important. This is kind of where you can build up ideas and conversations and social skills with your child just by getting curious to understand what is it about this child that you don't like? Why do you never want to play with them? Why do you say, I don't want to play with them? Can you tell me what's annoying about them? What don't you like about them? And you can add an extra because you do want to dive into the things that they don't like first, okay? You want to give them permission to talk to you about these things, because we are building our relationship with our kids. Throughout all of this, no matter what you're doing with their social skills, you're also saying to your child, oh, you can trust me. I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna make you be friends with this other child. Remember, separate your wishes and hopes from who your child is. They're allowed to have preferences in their friendships. 
and you can teach them to do so in a way that is kind and thoughtful rather than excluding and hurtful. So you might say to them, can you tell me one thing that's nice about this child or one thing that other people like about this child? You want to open up their mind. This is critical thinking that we're building here. You want to open them up to this idea. This child is really annoying and I don't like them and they play with toys I'm not interested in. May have some nice qualities, but it's just that they're not the qualities that I'm looking for or they're not qualities that I appreciate as much in them. And that is okay. But we want to help them appreciate a whole person, not just the bits that they don't like about them. And then I would always say, if you're having this sort of conversation with lots of curiosity and zero judgment, I would say to them, it's okay, you don't have to like every child in your classroom and you don't have to be friends with everybody, but you can still be kind when you say no to playing with them. Now let's just stop here for a second and think about how that landed with you. Now, the reason why I've paused here, just to give you a little moment, is because I think lots of adults struggle with this idea of not liking everybody or not being liked by everybody. I'm not going to go into things like people pleasing on this podcast, but I do want you to just stop and reflect and really think about that. Do you feel that it's important to be liked by everyone? Do you feel it's important to like everybody, to always find something good about people, even though you might not really want to be friends with them? Because a really key part of friendships is that they're reciprocal. That means they go both ways. Somebody wants to be in a relationship with you and you want to be in a relationship with them. Good, long-lasting friendships take work and they take effort from both sides. And children begin to learn this pretty quickly. They begin to learn that some of the friends, the little children that they want to play with, want to play with them back and that they seek each other out. So that's how children learn, this person is my friend. And it's very different from thinking about, for example, popularity in a classroom. Lots of children are very well liked by everybody in the classroom. So that means that most people would say something nice about them. And most of the kids would say, I'd play with them. I'm happy to play with them. But that is not the same as a friendship. Okay, a friendship is a relationship. And because it's relational, it has to come from both sides. And what's really important here is that when sometimes a child says, I don't want to play with that other child, really get curious about, does that child want to play with your child? Or is it reciprocal? Is that child also saying, yeah, I don't want to play with you either? Because if that's the case, there is no exclusion here. It's just two children making a choice to not play together. And as adults and parents, we need to accept that and to make that okay. Children don't have to be friends with everybody. And I think if this is a tricky one for you, then I want you to really do a little bit of self-reflection for yourself. Where does this idea come from? That you have to be friends with everyone. That everybody has to like you. That you want that for your child. Because that's really important. And then we're not talking about inclusivity anymore. We're talking about ways that you might change around people to make sure that they want you or they accept you. And this is important for the rest of your child's development as they grow up, even into teenagehood. 
that kind of understanding that you don't have to be friends with everybody, but you can be kind. So let's talk a little bit about that now. Let's talk about what do we do to kind of teach our children about inclusiveness? And I know the question asked about books and resources. I have lots of books. And uh, the ones that I prefer around friendships are in my recommended book list. So if that's something you're keen on, go and have a look. Um, it'll be on my website, www.drmartapsychologist.com. And what I would say is the way that I use books as resources is by looking at pictures. It's not always about reading the whole story. And some of those friendship stories are great. So go for it, read them. If they feel appropriate for your child, do that. But I also use them to ask questions. So if there's a picture of two children kind of upset or one of them leaving another one out, I'd have a conversation about times when that has happened with your child, times when they felt left out or times when they left somebody else. Because what we wanna do here is help our children look, even if it's like a cartoon and an image, look outside of themselves and begin to do some of the things that we talked about earlier. Take another's perspective, have some empathy, try and see somebody's emotion on their face or their bodily behavior. Can we help our child kind of link all those things together so that what they show is a little bit of compassion and then what they think of doing is saying something with a little bit more kindness. So if you find one of those images, then you might be able to say, so what would you say to this child if you didn't wanna play with them? And sometimes it's okay not to play with everybody, but what would you say so as not to hurt their feelings? If your child doesn't have the words or the language, you bring that in for them, role model it, show them. You can do this through play or again, I think books are a great way of doing it. Just put on a little voice like you would when you're reading a story and you might say something like, uh, I'm really sorry, I really don't wanna play that game today, but I'm gonna go and play over there with so-and-so. Is that okay? Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow we can play together. There's an example. You wanna make it easier, shorter? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't wanna play with you today. Maybe another time. That's fine. Remember today, or now, or with that toy, okay? It's not just, I don't wanna play with you. It's, I don't wanna play with you right now. But that might change. And children hear that and they take it. And yes, some children will take it as you don't want to play with me. But what you're teaching your child is that little bit of nuance, that it's not forever, that it's just today. And that you can say it with kindness. It's okay to say, thank you for wanting to play with me, but I don't want to do that right now. I want to go and do something else. Your child is allowed to have wants and your child is allowed to choose their friendships. And your role is to teach them that their words and their behavior and the way that they approach this situation with other children does matter. Because in some ways, this is kind of inclusive language. It is kind of like putting a child on hold and saying maybe later or maybe tomorrow or maybe another day. That isn't saying, I don't like you. That is a different thing. That's saying, not right now. I also really love using books to build empathy and to think about really basics of things like being able to observe emotion in another, like on their face, on their body, being able to use a language and in terms of things like granularity, which is about 
really spelling out the words that you're going to use. So it's not just angry, sad, upset, you know, it's more words, like open up your child's vocabulary to emotional language. This is really healthy, it really helps with regulation, and it helps children look at others in a different way. Rather than just seeing their experience and looking inwards, it makes children look out. So again, lots of the books on friendships, they have great cartoons, but you can also look at books that are around emotion, or even any kind of book, like for example, The Gruffalo. Most parents have The Gruffalo at home. It's such a well-known book. It's got some great faces of fear, of delight, you know, of hunger. And when you look at it, you could just look at the pictures without reading the story and ask your child how each animal is feeling throughout the pages. Now, if you've never done this before, I definitely recommend it. And what we're doing here is, believe it or not, building the kind of foundational skills of empathy because what a child is doing is looking at another, trying to make sense of what they look like, putting a word, using language to connect a feeling and then being able to make a story out of that. So being able to say, you know, the mouse looks scared and it might want to run away, for example. Okay, when the mouse meets the Gruffalo, it's a really great drawing. It's like jumping up in the air. It's really terrified. And you could use that word. You could say, I think the mouse looks terrified. Build in extra language, extra words. You want your child to really be able to emotionally express themselves in a really kind of wide way, but also help them see that they can look at another and make sense of their behavior and then think about what they might do or how they might respond differently, depending on that. So I think books and resources are really helpful for these kinds of conversations. And you don't have to do these every day, okay? Don't add this as an extra chore on your list of the many things that you already do as a parent to support your child in developing skills. Do it as the opportunity arises. So for me, it's very opportunistic. If we're reading a book and you know there's a really great image, I might just stop reading the book and go, can we take a moment and look at this? Or I might read the whole story and they go, I saw something in this book that made me really interested. Can we look at this picture? So just use it as and when that feels appropriate. But what I would say is the best resource to help your child develop social skills is you. You've got everything your child needs to teach them these social skills about inclusivity, about kindness. How? Through modeling. So think about what you do when you're with friends. Show your child the kinds of things, gestures, words that you use. And that includes if you're with a group of friends and you're gossiping or talking of another who's not in the room. Really be thoughtful about what does your child hear? What are they learning when you talk in that way about another person who isn't there? Are they learning it's okay to talk in this way? Are they learning it's okay to exclude people? What kind of messages do you want them to learn through your conversations with friends, through your interactions socially? Because this is really key. You are the key, really. And when it comes to exploring friendships with your child, just remember, have an open and curious conversation. Don't necessarily push your child to be friends with somebody that they've said they don't want to play with. Instead, try and make sense of it. 
You know, try and really get them to think. Why don't I want to play with this kid? What is it that puts me off? Do I even know this child? Maybe they don't know them and it's just anxiety. It can be very anxiety provoking to play with somebody that you spend no time with so you don't know them. So you have no way of knowing what's going to fit. And remember, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, small, small children, they really struggle with the basics of social interaction. They're still building those skills. So some of it we need to accept as parents it's going to happen. And we don't have to kind of label it or put it in a box of my child is unkind and they're going to be like this forever. No, let's put that in a place that is reasonable and makes sense, which is about saying, okay, this is where my child is at. In terms of their social development, this is where they're at. And that's okay for now. And I can still build up some social skills and the way I talk to them, in the way I model, in the way we look at books or try and develop empathy. Those are the ways that you're going to keep supporting your child in developing positive, healthy social skills. Just remember, all children are works in progress. I'll go further. We're all works in progress. We're all still developing and learning. And the way that you socialize now, whatever age you are, is probably not the way you used to socialize when you were a teenager or even a small child. And that's okay because... We're never like complete as humans. We're always learning and growing. So just remember that. Accept that your child is going to be making friends. Accept that means there will be others they don't want to be friends with. And guide them and support them in being able to do this in a way that is still kind. Without excluding or hurting another, children can make choices about their friendships. And we're coming to an end. Thank you for joining me on another Talking Sense podcast. As always, I like to give you a little mantra to end the podcast and hold you for the rest of the week. This week, my mantra to you is do what you can. Let the rest go. I know that's easier said than done, right? But maybe hold it in mind and see what happens. If you're looking for tools for some of the most challenging parenting moments of the early years, including things like tantrums, building emotional intelligence, and building skills, then my Confident Parent course is here to help you. You can sign up via my website on www.drmartapsychologist.com. And don't forget, there is a payment plan if that might be useful to you. I hope you have an uneventful week and I so look forward to seeing you again on another Talking Sense podcast. See you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.